Hi, welcome to Bookie, which unlock big ideas from world bestsellers in audio, text, and mind map. Please download Bookie at Apple Store or Google Play with more features, get your free mind snack now. Today we will unlock the book on writing well, the classic guide to writing nonfiction. As indicated in the heading, the skills described in the book are mainly aimed at nonfiction writing. So, how does one define this form of writing? In general, a novel is classified as fiction writing, while all other works can be classified as nonfiction. Let's use an example to illustrate the difference between nonfiction and fiction. A 7th century Chinese Buddhist monk known as Xuanzang traveled a great distance to India to bring Buddhist scriptures back to Chang'an, the capital during the Tang dynasty. On his pilgrimage, Xuanzang traveled across many Western countries and wrote a book called Great Tang Records on the Western Regions, which detailed the customs of the different places he passed through. This kind of book is considered to be non-fiction writing. Based on this historical event, people later created the novel Journey to the West. Although the novel is based on the real event of Xuanzang's pilgrimage, the content of Journey to the West is more focused on describing how the characters meet and vanquish demons and monsters along their journey. This part of the story mainly comes from the writer's imagination, which belongs to the category of fiction writing. Nonfiction is an important form of writing, and whether it is a thesis paper for school or business writing at work, they all belong to this category. The types and purposes of nonfiction writing are broader than we might think. The pandemic, which began in 2020, has had a huge economic impact on the world at large, with many people affected by unemployment, pay cuts, reduced household income, as well as other sources of stress. Since an increasing number of people have begun looking for a part-time job outside their full-time career, we have entered the era of side hustlers who take on multiple additional jobs. Writing as a side job is particularly attractive because it doesn't require much to get started and can produce a desirable payoff for the time invested. Even if it's not taken up as a side job, writing is still a basic skill for the average worker. Excellent writing skills can be a selling point in our resumes and can even make us stand out from the competition. There's a passage in the best-selling book, Rework that we've unlocked in one of our bookies, if you are trying to decide among a few people to fill a position, hire the best writer. It doesn't matter if that person is a marketer, salesperson, designer, programmer, or whatever, their writing skills will pay off. Therefore, writing is an important skill, and improving them is sure to be rewarded handsomely. In this book, William Zinser not only introduces the basic principles and specific methods of nonfiction writing, but also explains in detail the techniques for its different forms. Next, we'll explore the heart of the book's contents in three parts and give you a helping hand in speedily mastering the key to nonfiction writing. Part 1 The Basic Principles of Nonfiction. Part 2 The Key Points in Writing Nonfiction. Part 3 For Common Nonfiction Writing Techniques. Part 1 The Basic Principles of Nonfiction. According to Zinser, there are two basic principles for nonfiction writing. The first is to keep the language simple and clear. Such language can quickly catch the reader's attention and avoid any misinterpretation of the text's meaning. The second is to shape and adhere to a personal style since it helps an author to polish up his writing and convey a sense of uniqueness. Let's begin by looking at the first principle, keep the language simple and clear. Clutter is the disease of writing, Zinser said. In order to highlight the importance of a sentence, the author often makes the mistake of exaggerating and misusing words, especially adjectives. This may stem from the fear that using sentences that are too simple will not reflect the author's writing level. 
However, good works must be concise, and too much clutter will only weaken the strength of the sentence. The author needs to remove all clutter and leave only the core element. Let's look at the following example. In 1942, the U.S. federal government issued a blackout order that read, such preparations shall be made as will completely obscure all federal buildings and non-federal buildings occupied by the federal government during an air raid for any period of time, from visibility by reason of internal or external illumination. This order sounds very awkward, and you'd have to think about it for a while to understand what it means. President Roosevelt was said to be very dissatisfied with it, and he himself changed it to read, tell them, that in buildings where they have to keep work going, to put something across the windows. This kind of sentence is clear and easier to understand, and yet it has retained the same meaning of the previous statement. There are two reasons to keep your language simple. The first is that a person's attention span is short and lasts only about 30 seconds. If the reader can't obtain the information within 30 seconds, they will give up reading in favor of another source of entertainment. Secondly, concise language can help the reader understand the meaning of the sentence, but tedious structure and cluttered wording can easily lead to misunderstanding and leave the reader unable to grasp the author's thoughts. There are two main reasons why some authors are overly complicated in their language. One is that the author himself doesn't know exactly what he wants to express, so he can only cover up this ambiguity by using over-the-top language. The solution to this problem is simple. In writing, the author must continuously ask himself, what am I trying to say? If you can't answer that, look at what you've written from the perspective of a reader, and then ask yourself again, did I say that before? Can first-time readers of the topic understand this? If not, where is it unclear? By solving these problems one by one, the text will become simple and straightforward. Another reason is that the writer has unknowingly used too many modifiers. For example, issue of command actually just means command. Another example is high skyscrapers, the word skyscraper itself means tall building, so adding high is unnecessary. In addition, writers often overuse phrases such as in a sense, some, or a little. To avoid this problem, they need to re-examine every sentence they have written to see if any word is replaceable. Through repeated revising and polishing, their language can achieve a greater level of simplicity. Next, let's look at the second principle, shape and adhere to a personal style. The essence of this problem lies in the question of who is the writer? And who is the reader? Zinser believed that writing is an act of ego and that the writer should remain confident and brave in promoting themselves to make their text more appealing. Let's start with the question of who the writer is. This refers to which grammatical person the writer adopts. Writing in the first person is the most natural way for the writer to communicate more closely with the reader. But sometimes writers worry that writing in the first person may come across as self-opinionated or too casual, even lacking authority. Instead, some writers like to use terms such as some people, for example some people can't agree with Dr. Morby's views on the human condition. To Zinser, this kind of writing is bland. If you can't write in the first person, at least think in the first person, or write the first draft this way, and then modify the grammatical person later. Next, let's consider the question of who I am writing for. We often feel that since the reader is our customer, and the customer is always right, the writer should therefore create tailored content for them. But Zinser's view is different. Writing, he believes, is for oneself. Every reader is different, so there's no need to predetermine your target audience nor guess the editor's or reader's preferences, because often they themselves don't know what they want.
Writers don't need to think about whether the reader agrees with their ideas, and every writer who sticks to their style will always attract a reader base that truly appreciates it. Let's take a look at the example of Henry Louis Mencken, a famous American nonfiction writer. Mencken excelled in mocking American Puritans with his sarcastic style. He wrote an article in 1925 about the infamous monkey trial, in which a young teacher was tried for teaching students about evolution. They're all hot for Genesis, but their faces were too florid to belong to teetotalers, and when a pretty girl came tripping down the main street, they reached for the places where their neckties should have been with all the amorous enterprise of movie stars, Mencken wrote of the Christians. In the overwhelmingly religious environment of the time, Mencken's every word could have angered potential readers. But his work became popular precisely because he chose to write for himself. Readers may have disagreed with him, but they could appreciate his desire for self-expression, which was the secret of his success. That concludes the first part of our bookie. Nonfiction writing should abide by two basic principles, first, keep the language simple and clear so that it not only quickly captures the reader's attention, but also facilitates their comprehension. The second is to shape and adhere to a personal style. The writer should preferably use the first person to write the text, and stick to their own style throughout the writing process. Today we are just sharing limited content. To unlock more key insights of world-class bestseller please download our app. Just search for B-O-O-K-E-Y at Apple Store or Google Play, get your free mind snack now.